You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry Sanderson on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Toronto's Austin Matthews, two goals, numbers 50 and 51 on the season. He's the fastest U.S.-born player ever to hit the 50-goal mark in a season. He did it in 54 games. Inside the Locker Room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Hey, good morning. Welcome into a Thursday edition of Inside the Locker Room. As we always tell you, 205-342-9904. If you'd like to jump in on the show with us this morning, the X accounts at Locker Room 109 at Barry Sanderson at Wimp Sanderson 1. The email address for the show is Barry at yahoo.com. Download the Tide 100.9 app to your smartphone, and you can take us with you anywhere you go. Before we get started, we want to thank our great sponsor, and that would be Yellowwood of all the colors. Yellow is the most important, at least when it comes to building outdoors. No matter what your project is this season, pier, deck, fence, pergola, be sure to head to your local Yellowwood dealer for Yellowwood brand, pressure treated pine. Yellowwood offers the best protection against rot, fungal decay, and termite attack. So it's no wonder Yellowwood is the brand of choice for building outdoors. If you're going to build, build it right. Go to yellowwood.com to find the dealer that is closest to you. And always remember, if it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, then believe me, you don't want it. Uh, last night I was at the game. Um, when they got there, got there, I don't know, probably about 10 minutes to 6. Uh, the crowd, there was nobody uh, in there. But it started to fill in. Now, I see on the box score they listed 11,077. I thought there was more people in that in there last night. And it was a big factor in the game. They, uh, it was loud. It was a good, great game. Florida, I had no idea they were that good. Florida is <laughs> really, really good. Uh, so a good basketball game that uh, Alabama pulled out. Florida had a ten point lead there, but uh, Alabama made made the plays down the stretch to get it to overtime and, and win the game. Good morning, Dad. How are you this morning? Put themselves in great shape last night, uh, winning that game with the games that we had. Uh, but Nelson, I thought, was really a big factor, more so a factor in the game than he has been in other games. That uh, they had five team, five guys, I think it was, in those figures. Uh, I thought that one of the big things it was Alabama held them held them on the boards and even out rebounded them and did a really good job. I thought board wise played well. Got a lucky bounce at the end to put put uh, the, the ball in uh, at the very end that helped them a great deal. But everybody got has some of those and uh, so Alabama was in really great shape. Um, Kentucky game. Kentucky's uh, ridiculous. They're the most disorganized offensive basketball team in the in the 64 years I've been watching Kentucky, and defensively they couldn't guard us. Um, they are uh, they're I don't know anything about the game Saturday night, so I'm not done going to predict anything at all. But um, in this particular game, it was not the way they played against Auburn, and um, Kentucky is disorganized as I have ever seen. They they have no idea what they're doing. Got the little guard that's a good player. Uh, they were very unfortunate uh, with keeping the score tied. Two shots ever missed. The ball bound back to this guy. He lay, he 
shot a little five, six, eight footer and made it as the horn went off. And of course, LSU went crazy, but uh, they were unfortunate that even though as bad as they played, they could have won the game. Uh, they weren't able to with, with the shot that was made there. So they got a good bounce. Uh, LSU got a very good bounce at the very end, a big bounce. Uh, Vanderbilt got crushed by Georgia at Vanderbilt. I get really tired of a, of a basketball coach at Vanderbilt uh, saying that you go get me the players, I'll develop them. Uh, the only thing he develops is, is you know he does a lot of stuff on offense, but I think he does more time ha- the, developing uh, his clothes. Uh, anyway, they got beat. Uh, Vanderbilt's won two games in the league, and so that, there goes uh, that. Um, Let's see the other game. I forgot. Well, uh, uh, you said uh, Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State don't yeah. miss. I'm sorry. Mississippi State goes to the free throw line 39 times. Uh, coach is about to get thrown out. Uh, Ole Miss coach is about to get thrown out of the game. There, they called Tad and him, uh, threatened to throw him out of the game. I, I watched it back and forth, so I can't really give you. A really detailed Mississippi State played better defensively. Ole Miss is is just average as running water. They go have any inside game. Alabama, Mississippi State's better inside. Good win for them. They may Ole Miss not going to NCAA tournament. Uh, I know Alabama goes out there over there and plays, but uh, they're not going to go there. So they're not going to be in it. Those, those four games. Uh, were okay games and a good win by Alabama. Get bad loss for for uh, Kentucky there out of it. Um, I'm not going to discuss who's going to be the final four in the in the SEC tournament. I guess I probably know, but as far as the league is concerned, it's down to Tennessee and Alabama. Tennessee, I could I do know the schedules without looking at them. Tennessee has has uh, Kentucky and Auburn coming to their place, uh, which is you know what somewhat. Difficult. A uh, and M comes, I think, the next game. So they've got three A uh, and M's. Okay. Uh, Alabama does go to Ole Miss, Florida. Without Reitzel there, they they were as good last night. Um, so they, they go to Ole Miss and, and Florida and Kentucky. I think you've got a, a, a good chance to win all three or two out of three at least uh, there, which is going to put them in, in great shape. Um, so Tennessee, as I said. Uh, Kentucky's out of it. Uh, South Carolina's not good enough to do it, and um, so it's going to come down to Kentucky and, and I mean, it's going to come down to Tennessee and, and Alabama. UAB gets crushed ninety four seventy one, a really bad loss. I don't know what happened, but they got pretty much manhandled. Samford comes back from on Furman and wins a two point game. And the fourth, two, three things here, and then I'll close. Fourteen teams are being uh, being discussed for the playoff rather than 12. Now, whether that comes about, whether that's media talk, I have no idea. All I try to do is report what's a little bit been said. But now they're talking about playing having 14 teams rather than, than 12 in the playoffs next year. Eli Gold was dismissed as the uh, football basketball announcer at Alabama. Eli and I have gone back. A long time ago, before half you guys that listened to our show were born, been knowing Eli for a long time. He'll get some. He'll get a job doing something. It may not be out of, you know, like Alabama is. But uh, sorry to see that happen. But uh, that's the way. Uh, I won't say anything more about that. But Eli is. Uh, that's sorry about that. Uh, 
Last but not least, the new commissioner of the SEC, as I said yesterday, I will say again today, thinks that you can transfer as many times as you wish because the students do that so they can do it. The students do a lot of things. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But uh, I think it's uh, not very smart. So anyway, that's all I got to say. I mean, the students, uh, well... If you're on an academic scholarship, I don't think you can transfer anywhere and go get the same academic scholarship. So I don't know why we try to make that even. I think that, uh, you know, Alabama lost that game last night. I think they had a chance to maybe not win. The, there's, I think the schedule uh, for them the remain of the year is very difficult. Uh, you got an angry Kentucky. Look at, it, look at your opponents of the teams, other team plays too. Uh, you got an angry Kentucky team and then. Ole Miss, I don't think it's great, but it'd be hard to win over there. Tennessee, obviously, at home. And then uh, at Florida, Arkansas at home. Uh, were you shocked? I, I hadn't really paid attention to Florida. Uh, they got size. They got a couple of guards that uh, can really play. Um, I thought they did a good job. The only thing I don't understand about people about with Alabama, when the shot clock is going down, why do they not deny Mark Sears the ball? They stand back and every team lets him. They don't know how to guard They Mark let Sears. him catch the ball. Now, he is strong, and he will probably post you on the perimeter to catch the ball. But when the clock is going down, people let him get the ball. And when he gets sure. the ball, this guy. Well, his, you have to deny him the ball all the time. You're dead right. You, you have to deny, deny him the ball all you can. What you, 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 play, you play Mark Sears on his left side. And you tell him every time he goes to the right and scores, it's on me. <laughs> but I don't. But people don't ever try to keep the ball off of him. No, uh, and he, he, uh, he only made one three last night. It was a huge. I think they were down two, and yeah. he hit a big one. And he hits big shots. Uh, you're right. I thought Nelson probably had his best game. They let the game. Quite honestly, it was a pretty physical game. They, they didn't call over the back much. Uh, of course, he needed to block out a little bit better. But uh, the crowd was good. I thought there was – usually they overestimate the crowd. I thought there was more than 11,000 in there. So give uh, the home crowd uh, credit there. They helped uh, prepare. Because when they got down 10, it didn't look <laughs> didn't look good. But uh, I'll be able to get back really fast. And uh, I think they did miss – uh, right, so uh, there was Strata uh, played well last night as well. So and Griffin hit a huge three in overtime. But he was only they were only eight for thirty two from three last night. But Florida will be a, they'll be a tough out uh, in the NCAA yeah. tournament uh, for sure. Yeah, they gave you know they they uh, Alabama had, you know gave up ninety three points, uh, but I thought Alabama was much better on the boards and both both ends. Although they fought the boards better, and but. Um, Give up nine three points. You better be shooting some threes. And they hit. They went through the period of time where they made some threes. Kid in the corner made a couple, and and the big shot that Sears made. They didn't make them in the first half. They didn't make them. And actually, uh, in the second half, they were slow getting getting the threes off. But they didn't, don't. If you don't recover to the guy in the in the corner any quicker than that, that kid can can knock the bottom out of it. So, yeah, uh, it transition defense was not great. They were on the coaches were on them about that in the first half. Here's the rule I don't understand. Is when the game is going on, there's a blocked shot. All right, if, they, if it's questionable goaltending, they will motion to the table that they're going to look at it when there's a break. All right? My question yeah. is, if like they, they miss a goal, so if they miss the goaltend call, they call it and they 
miss it, and the guy blocks the, the guy blocks the ball out of bounds. So he blocked it out of bounds. So it would have been your ball, but you continue played until you come to a so you basically lost a possession of the ball because they blocked it. <laughs> they called goaltending. It wasn't goaltending, but the ball went out of bounds. It was out of bounds on them. So not only do you lose the two points, you also lose the ball. I, I've never I don't understand that rule. Uh, can somebody explain that one to me? You you lose the possession and you lose the two points and they ended up uh and I, I get the uh they had a deal I think it was where um oh, one of the Alabama kids hit a three but it was it was clearly a two one guy called it a three one guy called it a two and uh, they went to the monitor and it ended up being a, a two uh the guy that was called it a three I don't know why you would call it a three if you didn't see that uh but anyway so they they ended up getting that one right and Took one point off the board. All right, we'll take the break here. We'll get to Tom, who's holding. I'm sure he wants to talk about the game last night. But a humongous uh, win. If he'd have lost that one, I think uh, it would have been pretty difficult. But they they, they got it done. Two men in a truck out at 1330 Martin Road East. That's where you go pick up your boxes, your packing supplies, whatever you need to make this a smooth move. It's local, out of town, out of state. Let the professionals handle it. Give them a call today. Moving is stressful. These guys will take great care of you and your stuff. 205-247-5050. is two men in a truck. Movers who care. Tide 100.9 traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. We are clearly starting to see a little more volume on the roadway, but no major accidents and our backups remain minimal. If you're traveling along I-2059 from Foster's to Cottondale, you're moving along nicely there. Lurling Wallace down from Northport as you cross over the Hugh Thomas Bridge up to Jack Warner Parkway. That's quiet as well. Moving at posted speeds or close to it into and out of the area so far. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa thread. Good Thursday morning. The full Alabama House will take up a bill passed by committee that requires a child to exhibit readiness for first grade. Although kindergarten is not required in Alabama, children entering the first grade would be required to pass a test proving their competency. The test would be designed by the State Department of Education. Similar legislation has failed in the legislature. $1,000. Remember, Townsend Nissan is your hometown dealer. We have over 200 new Nissans in stock and on the way. And yes, we have a great selection of used vehicles. Remember, no reasonable offer refused. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Increasingly cloudy today, the chance of a few scattered showers this afternoon. Very mild, the high 71. Tonight, a good chance of showers, maybe a thunderstorm in spots, the low 52. Tomorrow, a clearing sky with a high at 67. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 52 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Tide 100.9. Welcome back to Inside Locker Room Yellowwood. Pressure treated pine from Great Southern Wood. If it doesn't have a little tag on it, then believe me. You don't want it. Grant Nelson uh, ended up 22 points, eight rebounds, uh, had a, had six assists, had a humongous. It was 83-80 and made a huge three-point play in the lane to help get that game to overtime. To the Yellowwood Hotline, bring Tom in. Good morning, Tom. Morning. <clears throat> morning, Barry. Morning, Coach. How are y'all this morning? We're okay. Look, I, I want to get your, your and uh, Coach's take on something. Um, uh 
I enjoyed the game last night like crazy. And um, it was wild and uh, fun. I didn't get to go because all of a sudden now my granddaughter's a basketball fan, so there went my tickets. And uh, <laughs> it's crazy. And uh, But anyway, you know, some games you watch, like last Saturday I was watching A&M in Alabama, and, and you can see how coaches influence the outcome. In my opinion, Coach Peterson and Coach Oates, it was more about how they called timeouts, their strategy, or how they came out of the timeouts. And all. You know what I'm saying? It, it, you could see the influence of the coach on the game. And, uh, and but last night it was different and, and it was all players, you know what I'm saying? It was, uh, they were trying to get them to do things, but you know, it wasn't necessarily working out the way the coaches wanted it to, but the players were so darn good last night uh, to me. And, uh, and, and it made a different game. It, it, can it be that way? Am I seeing things correctly? Yep. Well, I think I think Florida did some pretty cute things after timeout, and I think it was it was the players executing what the coaches did. They had a couple of them. You don't know a lot about this, but backdoor stuff, screen and roll stuff that really affected Alabama. I thought uh, Florida's guards did a good job, especially after timeout of scoring. Uh, Alabama, uh, they did, they always do fine after timeouts, but uh, they don't say much because they they have a. Alabama has a plan the way they're going to play, regardless of what you're doing. They're going to they're going they're going to touch the paint and, and shoot the three, or they're going to get up. You know, they have a they have a pretty much a they don't have plays so much. They they do screen and roll as at last night they screen and roll some uh, off after a timeout with with uh, Nelson, but um, oh, both teams you know both teams played. Played hard offensively and sometimes not very good defensively. Well, I, I tell you that that I, I was more than impressed with the coach from Florida, uh, Tom Hart. I, and why do we have to have Jimmy Dykes? I mean, is this some kind of punishment we're living under? As Tom, Tom Hart doesn't even like him. I, I, you can tell it too, and I don't blame Tom. I, I think Tom deserves a medal. And uh, but but. Uh, I, I thought that uh, Tom pointed out about the coach from Florida. I did not know that guy. Never heard of him. But darn, he's a good coach. Yeah, you know, he was with in a pretty small role with Bruce Pearl at one time. Obviously came uh, from San Francisco. Uh, he's, he's a young guy. I think he's 38. Uh, but Alabama, if you watch, they do a lot of hand-back hand stuff, and they hand the ball back to Sears. So he gets a running start, and it's hard to defend. And then they you got to decide how you're going to cover the middle pick and rolls because guys step up and show and those guys those big guys roll and they just throw the ball to the rim and those guys dunk the ball uh so florida didn't do a good job of guarding the pick and rolls in the middle uh last night but maybe you're right maybe the talent uh was so good i I was shocked at how big uh florida is uh in person and then i do think this guy's done a Done a really, really good job there at Florida. I'd hate to draw them in the NCAA tournament. He got, uh, he got a kid or two from uh, from California that had played out yeah, there. Yeah, one came from my that that didn't Clayton come from Iona? I was looking at their roster a minute ago. Uh, he got a, I guess he 
Clayton is from, uh, now he's from, yeah, Iona, but he is from Florida. So kind of like Mark Sears, a guy who went away yeah, and came yeah. back. Uh, but well, He was playing somewhere else. You know, I thought uh, really played well, kept him in the game, was the kid from Florida, Sam Sam Walters, plays for Alabama, hit some humongous threes, hit back-to-back threes. Uh, when he's open, man, he can really shoot the ball. He played hard. He, he kind of took – Took up the slack a little bit for right so because nobody else shot the ball extremely well. But uh, but he got in there and got tough too. Yeah. Baird, you notice that yeah. I haven't seen that out of him very much. But he is getting it, and I, the other players are responding to him for for that that type of action of getting there and mixing it up. You know, fighting for a rebound and 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 playing defense, and they're responding to. They're encouraging him, and he. He's responding to them by doing it more. Do you believe that? Yeah, he was uh, his line. He was played 18 minutes, a little over 18 minutes. He was 5 of 8 from the floor, 4 of 7 from 3. So 14 points in under 19 minutes and then picked up three rebounds. So uh, he's a threat out there for sure. And, uh, you know, he grew up a Florida fan uh, from Florida. Right. So, you know, that was, that was a, a fun game for him. You know, he had eight rebounds against A&M. And when they uh, interviewed uh, Griffin after the A&M game, he, the first thing he pointed out was that Sam had eight rebounds. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was interesting and, and good. Anyway, uh, I enjoyed the game. Good show. Tom, Thank I want to get your take real quick. Uh, Deb mentioned it. Um, and there's no, there's never a good way to do this uh, with Eli Gold. Right. It's, it's unfortunate. People thought he stepped right. away. Eli... Uh, went on a lot of shows yesterday, and everybody he sure talked did. to, he set the record straight that, uh, no, it was not my choice. Uh, most times, guys take the high road. I'm not saying what he did uh, was right or wrong. He, he handled it the way he thought he should. Uh, just your thoughts about uh, that situation there. It's 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 never easy in, the, in those situations. I don't know exactly what was said and how it was done, but obviously he wasn't very happy about the situation. Just your thoughts on that. Well, I, I tell you, I like Eli. Don't get me wrong, but I, I you know, when I heard it, I, I thought to myself, "Do not become John Forney and become bitter against the university because they decided to make a change." And I hope that's not the road we see in him go down. He did a good job, but there does come a time in broadcasting that you have to move on. The university is doing the right thing, and. uh and I, I just hope he doesn't go down the I'm bitter road. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. I enjoy the show. Thank you. Uh, Dad, just your thoughts on with Eli. It's never an easy uh, time to do it. You know, I know his health was a problem. I don't know if that was his choice last year to only do the home football games, not do the road. If they were trying to kind of ease him out of there, uh, it's always difficult, uh, especially for an icon like Eli, Eli Gold. Just your thoughts about how Yeah, it is. I, I, I would prefer just to keep my thoughts okay. to myself on this. I understand. I, don't, I, don't, I really don't want to make them public. All right, let's get to the uh, Yellowwood hotline. We've got about three minutes. Get Philip in. Good morning, Philip. Good morning. Um, I think Eli had a great career, 35 years doing that at the University of Alabama, and I like him a lot. He, I was a big fan of his. Um, that's a long time, though, man, and I think he had a great run, and I think uh, he pretty much acknowledged that. Um, Chris Stewart's going to be a really good guy in that role, and 
like I called in on Marsh a little while ago, you know, Chris is not some 27 up, 27 year old up and comer. He's, I would think Chris is probably what, 40, 46, 47 mm, years he's old? Probably, yeah, he's getting close to 50 if he's not there yet. Yeah. Uh, so I'm happy for Chris and I think he'll do, do great with the opportunity and, and uh, congratulations to the basketball team. And, and Barry, I'd like to mention this and, and, and y'all can put me on delay if you want to. Um, I was perturbed more than perturbed with Randall Woodfin's comments yesterday. Did you see it? Uh, no, I don't even know who, who. Who? Randall Woodfin, the Birmingham mayor. I did not. No, I did not see it. Yeah, I know you don't. What did he say? He said that he would not have a problem advising uh, recruits to go to other institutions out of state if the Alabama legislature did not pass a bill that supported uh, uh, school and in, uh, inclusion being in talk in schools and universities in the state of Alabama. Now, here's a guy who's mayor of a city that had six murders last week. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me what he... I, I didn't... Tell me exactly what he said. He said, I have no problem organizing... Uh, black parents and athletes to attend other u- other institutions outside of the state where diversity and inclusion are prioritized. He mentioned that he said if supporting inclusion becomes illegal in the state, you might as well stand in front of the schoolhouse door like Governor Wallace did. Blah blah blah. Yeah. But all I'm saying is, you know, he's a guy who's mayor of a city that had six murders last week. Yeah, yeah. Dad, comments on that. Yeah, I, I um, yeah, I think it's ridiculous. I, I think he needs to. I, I agree. He 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 does nothing about that. He knows he does he does zero except. Uh, I, I can't. I don't want to get started on it. He, he shifted. He shifted focus off that to something else to get some, um, you know, points from somebody you know in that in that community and. I don't know. I just I hate it for the city of Birmingham and the good people there. I have to put up with that joker. No, and no. I'll, y'all have a good day. And sorry I got on a rant. No, I'll, call right. I'll call you back with sports tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you, Philip. All right, Dad, let's talk about Bob Prince and Prince, Glover, and Hayes before we get to J.C. You have a problem with uh, that comes up with an accident that probably shouldn't have been an accident. Or you have somebody come after you that, uh, for whatever reason, is bitter towards you or trying to get you. Uh, you have mental, mental and physical problems, and you need some help. Prince Clever Hayes at three four five one two three four will be the people who have been down this road with a lot of different people, and you're at a period of time where you don't know what direction to go. So give them a call. They'll talk to you on telephone. If they see that you need to go forward with it, they'll go by seven zero one Rice Mine Road and visit with them. Prince Clever, as I said, I've been knowing Bob a long, long time, and I know what kind of job he does, and the other two as well. Prince Clifford Hayes, outstanding attorneys and outstanding people who represent you in the right way. PrinceLaw.net is the website. Always remember, if they don't win, you don't pay. It's a tied 100.9 and 12. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. 
Pressure treated pine from Great Southern Wood. You're going to build the five-star backyard. You want to do it with Yellowwood. Go to yellowwood.com to find the dealer that is closest to you. I get right up to the Yellowwood hotline. He's the owner of thebigspur.com. Uh, does several different uh, podcasts throughout the week. He'll tell you about those at the at the end. Joins us every Thursday, J.C. Sherbert. Good morning, J.C. How are you? Good morning. Good to be with you guys today. Go ahead, Dap. Um, football is Coach DeBoer has done a good job, I think, of saying the right things. And he um, – you name two offensive coordinators, one to coach the quarterbacks, but also be the head offensive coordinator, and he hired another, both of them close, close to him. Um, is that going to have an effect on Milrow and the new and the new quarterback that comes in from uh, from Washington? Yeah, I think so. I think it'll be positive. I think that um, when you look at what Kalen DeBoer has done offensively through his career. It's probably a better fit for Jalen than Tommy Reese, to be honest with you. I mean, it's a it is a quarter dual threat quarterback friendly system that takes advantage of uh, the vertical passing game. And, you know, you saw what you saw at Washington this year, but you know you also saw it at Indiana and Fresno State. You know, throughout his whole career, uh, when you coach in a place like Sioux Falls, um, you know, on those levels. Everybody's kind of got the same talent, you know. You got to out scheme people, and I, I think that's what makes Kalen DeBoer uh, such a special coach is his offensive uh, mind, if you will. And so, obviously, having someone there that he trusts uh, to run and implement his system is big. Uh, I think, uh, you know, just looking at Jalen's skill set, I, I, I think I think this is this is a chance for him to be next level next year and be even better. Uh, than he was previously. I think that uh, this kind of system fits him uh, to a T. And so uh, I think it's good. I mean, anything that he does that he's comfortable with uh, as far as implementing, you know, the offense that has made him a a coach that's gone 104 and 12, uh, I think it's a good thing. Uh, JC, we have, I don't know how many shows here, I don't know, seven or eight shows Everybody has different people on to analyze this coaching staff. Uh, it, it's almost way too much. This guy has not even run a practice, and everybody's deciding whether the coordinators are good or not and if he's good or not, and they're interviewing people from Washington. It's overload. Um, you know, Nick Saban, I really believe this. I mean, he may have had somebody that, that – kept up with it, but he was completely off social media. He didn't listen to what other people had to say. He didn't really know what the fan base was saying, where DeBoer's a little bit different. He is out on X and doing things. Uh, can this job be a problem if you, if you get involved in that kind of stuff? Because so many people have opinions around here about what these coaches should do and if they're any good or not, where you just almost isolate yourself like Coach Saban did. I don't know. I mean, you got to block it out. I mean, you know, I, I think that's the most important part of it. Uh, I, I there's some great coaches out there that don't do social media, like Dabo Swinney. Just not a big, believe it or not, not a big social media guy. Um, I do think Dabo knows what's being said <laughs> yeah. uh, based on some of his reactions. But um, you know, the thing that Coach DeBoer has said since he's been here is, you know, everything that people. You got to be careful, you know, when you take a job like Alabama, because the facts are it is a pressure cooker. 
Um, you know, especially after 17 years of Nick Saban, where it was a model of consistency, a bad, a quote unquote bad years, nine, 10 wins, you know, um, uh, there's a lot of, there's a generation, uh, my friend Josh Pate, uh, says Alabama has kind of, kind of a generation of what, what's called trust fund fans because these guys have never experienced anything but like unbelievably consistently winning at the highest level, which is something that doesn't happen in college football, <laughs> you know, these days. Uh, it's unprecedented. It probably won't happen again in our lifetime, but. You know, you combine that with the fact that even when Bama was kind of going through the wilderness, uh, you know, with the exception of when Coach Stallings was there, and, you know, Shula had a good year, DeBose had a good year, Fran had some good years, and then had some down years. And uh, it was a pressure cooker then, and it's even worse now. Uh, or not much worse, but even more so now. So uh, I think the good thing he's done is he's embraced it. You know, instead of looking at it as, a, oh, my God, i got to cut myself off and you know, just be real careful with what I say. And, oh, my God, are they going to like me? I mean, you know, you're not – this is not a beauty pageant. You know, the beauty is going to come in winning. Um, you know, you just embrace it. Embrace those expectations. I mean, if he didn't want that, uh, he would have stayed at Washington, you know, where they could have probably renamed the stadium DeBoer Stadium here in a couple of years that he kept it up. So, I uh, – and Washington has standards. Don't get me wrong. They're a winning program. Uh, but uh, – Alabama's a different animal, so I, I like what he, I like his approach so far. Um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, you start to lose in any situation, and it gets hairy. Um, but you know, as long as you kind of embrace those expectations and go do your job and win some football games, which Alabama probably will next year, uh, I think everything's going to be fun. It was reported, uh, and I don't know if it was reported as fact or opinion that with Ryan Grubb here, uh, Alabama waited till the uh, window closed on the portal and then announced that he was leaving. Uh, and if they did, honestly, I don't blame them. Uh, it's just part of using the system there. To, uh, they didn't want to ruffle it up anymore. Uh, some people say that's dirty, that's that's wrong. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? If that's the case, I don't know that you'd ever prove it. Uh, but they may be sitting there, hey, can we wait a couple more days uh, just so we can get this thing, uh, get through this situation here? Is that wrong, uh, JC? I think in another era, you kind of um, raise an eyebrow. I mean, I know I know, with Tennessee a few years ago, uh, them holding on to Jeremy Pruitt until after signing day and then not letting this kid leave, that was kind of a, I mean, of course, they ended up saying everybody can leave anyway when they put him on probation, but that was a while down the road. I, I thought that was kind of, you know, because administratively, you know, you knew that institution was going to fire him eventually um, for cause. And so that was a little dishonest. Um, I typically am not a fan of it, but these people that are outraged just because it's the board, it's because it's Alabama, people like to pick on Alabama. Look, man, Brian Kelly waited until – how long to fire his entire defensive staff at LSU? Yeah, after the nobody said day. anything about it then. After his after signing day, right? Man, yeah. I think it's the way out of the bowl. I mean, so everybody's everybody's making changes post that December signing day now because you just don't have enough time. Um, if you know, like I think Dabo made some changes right away after the Carolina game, but. His situation was such where, you know, Matt Luke was going to come in and coach the O-line. He was out of work. Uh, and then Chris Rump was out of work as well. So he kind of went and got guys that could come in and coach right away. If there was any leaks in the dam, plug it up. 
you know, the rest of everybody else, you know, they have to go out and search for guys and do interviews and stuff. There's just no time. And so everybody, everybody waited this year. Every single coach in the country waited. Did, uh, did, uh, when did Cornell, Cadillac, when did Cadillac and, and uh, uh, Etheridge leave Auburn? Way after signing day, right? Yeah. It was um, a, yeah. So, I mean, look, let, let, let's, let's be honest here. You, you don't think Hugh Freeze knew he was moving on with those guys? I mean, come on. So uh, I, I think I think it's a little bit ridiculous. And, and, and look, if, if there is a player there that just his dream in life was to play for Ryan Grubb, which I don't understand because I just went through it, the fact that it's Kalen DeBoer's offense, right? So we just went through that. Uh, if that was his dream in life and, oh, my God, my dreams. But, but then, look, there's another portal window opening up right after spring. You can go and you're immediately eligible. So, I mean, what? where's the where's the harm and you know, sticking to it a little bit. I mean, I, I think it's a good thing for society because I, I, I just can't imagine a situation where there's a young man that, that would have just bolted and gotten the hell out of Dodge uh, if, 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 with a, for valid reasons with Grubb going to the Seahawks. Yep, that. If the truth was told, you ain't going to tell it because <laughs> you don't want to make anybody mad. Outside of Texas, in football, is anybody going to catch Georgia? Well, I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think Carson Carson Beck's awfully good, and they got the ET. They got a feature back now. Uh, Georgia hadn't had that that top back, you know. That they know. Like I go back to the Lars Tate. Do y'all remember Lars Tate yeah. and Rodney Hampton? I mean, I traced it all. Even even one year where. They had a 600-yard rusher or whatever in the 90s. That guy was a guy named Terrell Davis who ended up winning a couple Super Bowls. So they're always they've always got that backer. Really, two or three of them. Well, now they hadn't had that, and they've been real successful. Now they got uh, Etn, and boy, it's uh, it's scary. But um, I don't know, Coach. I mean, I you know you look at their they've lost a lot of players in the portal. Uh, but they got a lot coming so well. back, got a lot of talent coming in. But, you, you know, well. these these days, yeah, these days when you're turning over 20% of your roster, even if you recruit in the top five, and number number one, I think Georgia was number one or two, are you going to rely on – I mean, how many spots on your, on your depth chart are you going to have to depend on freshmen? And a lot of that has to do with injuries, too, and depth. Um, I don't I – don't, I, you know, the, Alabama was so sustainable for all those years. Because shoot, you know they, they'd have injuries like everybody else, but you're replacing talent with top talent. Uh, are the numbers such at Georgia now, and are the freshmen ready enough to where if they do have a run of injuries, are they going to be as dominant? I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question, but well, I certainly think if you're looking, if I'm predicting the top two in the league next year, I'm, I'm actually going four. I'm, I'm going to go Georgia, Texas, Bama, uh, and LSU. I mean, I think those are your four. Well, uh, we got a guy named Digger that calls in. That's the reason I said Texas. I think Texas might. I think Texas might win the SEC next year. <laughs> I hadn't looked at their schedule, but uh, Texas. Well, yeah, pretty, pretty I mean, good. yeah, I mean, and, and I think Ole Miss is going to knock on that door, and, and maybe Missouri too. I think the, the, the problem, the issue I've got with Ole Miss and Missouri is whenever there's a team that's not in the quote unquote Big Six, and that includes A and M. Right, I'm including A and M in this. That's got a huge ultra hyped off season. Like this is the year, and everybody's talking about it for a year. 
they tend to fall on their face. You know, uh, I just don't know. the. I can't remember the last time. I mean, this past year, was you know, Tennessee is going to win 10, 11 games. That game in Knoxville is going to be for the title, blah, blah, blah. Well, it didn't happen. You know, Ole Miss and Missouri had much better. You know, so uh, Kentucky's been up there. South Carolina's been up there for, for at times. A&M a couple of years ago, you know, they, they tend to fall on their face. So if I were a Missouri or Ole Miss fan, I'd want people to quit talking about me and let me stay under the radar. Is Auburn, is Auburn screwed up bigger than Hogan's goat? But what they bought you guys in there, I knew the, the guy that just left them and got fired. He's in, in Birmingham now coaching at, at league. Uh, have, they, yeah, have, they gotten, I, have they screwed up a little bit where they don't know where they are? I don't know. That's hard to say because, you know, Hugh Freeze is, is one. Recruited well. It's like where he's been. And so I thought, you know, last year was just so crazy, man. I mean, you have Georgia and Bama both on the ropes. You lose. But still, I mean, you played your butt off against them. But then you get blown out by New Mexico State at home, and then you don't show up for the bowl. And I, I, so, so there's some red flags there for That's sure. That's but screwed I, up. I, I have too much, and then the off season kind of had a lot of drama. So, I mean, it's Auburn. There's going to be some drama there if things aren't peachy. So, even when they are peachy, there's still drama. And I love Auburn for that reason. I, I've always admired the way they kind of get things done. But um, I, you know, we'll see. I mean, chances are they're going to win eight or nine games next year and mm. continue the build. Um, really, and all this oh. stuff will fall away. Is he freeze? Is he uh? Is he a little bit like Steve Spurrier, uh, where he doesn't want to take blame for anybody? I remember the one time, I, you can probably remember the game where I think the secondary didn't play well, and they asked Spurrier about it, and he made him go get the secondary coach out of the shower, <laughs> brought him to the press conference, and said, I it don't was coach that position, <laughs> ask him. Uh, it, it was a game they won at Kentucky. They're, <laughs> they're up. That, that, that Spurrier called the Philly special in that game. Savelle Newton <laughs> called a touchdown, and he was up. We're, Carolina's up twenty-four to ten, and Kentucky comes back. And Carolina wasn't that much better in Kentucky that year. You know, it was, it was the second year, and so it's twenty-four seventeen. And next thing you know, you know they punted away, and Kentucky's firing at the end zone. They gave up a long pass at the end. They called Ron Cooper, uh, who's a veteran coach. You know, who was a holdover from the Holt staff. He called Coop out in the press conference. <laughs> but, you know, it's Hugh Freeze like that. I, I think all coaches are like that to no, a certain extent. So, no, they're not. You know? Some of them, a lot of them, like Coach Saban would just, he would take the responsibility in front of the media. Now, he may, in behind closed doors, he'd probably kill the staff. But uh, Hugh And Freeze, on the sideline, too. Hugh Freeze. And on the sideline. <laughs> yeah, on the front. Yeah. That's are are you forgetting moment. the Western Kentucky game where he <laughs> let Lane Kiff it was Western Kentucky? They're blowing him out, and he's like blowing a gasket yeah. on the sideline. The lady's just standing there. At the end, he's like, that's cold and ass chewing. Yeah, well, I don't blame you during the game. Uh, you lose your mind during the game. But, uh, you know, Hugh Freeze, if they if they scored at California, he took credit for calling that play, and they didn't play well at the bowl game. And he said, well, he was busy recruiting. He didn't have anything to do with the game playing. He just he, – he deflected – uh, I just I don't know I don't I don't think that's great for morale oh, I, is it uh, J C yeah and it, it is different you know I mean look Auburn too you have to keep in mind they uh, look how many years have we seen coaching changes at Auburn then how many years have we seen the same old like guys that 
if you're sitting around talking to fans, there's a big name we can get for our staff. This guy, go get him. Uh, and it, it just, I don't know that their head coaches pick all their coaches. Uh, and maybe that has something to do with it, you know. Um, I don't know. I don't know the inner workings down there. It just seems kind of funny. Harson comes in and he's got a staff full of people he doesn't even know. <laughs> That's true. Uh, you know, I mean, so I don't know. Um, I, I think, uh, I think what we're probably seeing is is, is Hugh be trying to, trying to be himself and get get to a comfort level with that. Because I mean, you talk about a pressure cooker job. Alabama is one. Auburn's just as just as. I mean, they will fire. They don't. They don't care. They will fire you in a year. They'll fire you in two years. They're talking about firing him now. I mean, some some of them, you know. And and that's the that's the beauty of the SEC. You know, <laughs> expectations are, are high, but. Um, you know, so I don't know. I mean, I, I'm with you. I, I kind of was like, all right, enough with all this. You know, you're the. It's on your record. A loss to Maryland when Maryland didn't even have their quarterback. That's embarrassing. You should never lose to Maryland if you're Auburn, especially when they don't have your quarterback. And you know, and then lost to New Mexico State's unfreaking believable. They lost that game by three touchdowns. And, and so, how does that team? You know, it falls on the head coach because how does that team almost beat Georgia? Uh, almost beat uh, Alabama. I mean, dude, they were real close to beating Alabama. I mean, we all know that. I mean, and, and, sure. and then fall on their face like that. They need to, you know, so consistency, and maybe that's it. Maybe to be more consistent, you have to. Urban Meyer, when he left Florida the final time, he admitted, he was like, I, I hired a bunch of guys I didn't know. I was uncomfortable the whole year, and that was a very inconsistent team. So maybe maybe that's just what we're seeing is Hugh Freeze getting his guys together and uh, making sure that right. he's comfortable. All right, before you go, uh, is South Carolina uh, going to beat Tennessee again at at South Carolina? About the second, it's next to the last game of the season, I think. And Tennessee's in, in the thick with, of course, right. Alabama for the top part. South Carolina is, is South Carolina going to beat them again? If Tennessee plays like they played against Missouri the other God, night, or like they, did they, they were awesome. You know, yeah, but. I, you know, guys, I, 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 I'm not predicting that. I just, and I'm a big Rick Barnes guy, though. I'm kind of a Rick Barnes homer, <laughs> and so, so to me, Rick Barnes is the best coach in the SEC. You know, and I'm like, you know, the chances of him coming into Columbia and losing to them again, you know, I just, I think they'll be ready. But you know, when you're on the road in basketball, you guys know, and you know, Barry, you know, when that place gets full and it's been full lately, it is loud. Yeah, I mean it is a it is a big loud arena, and so it's a tough environment. So I don't know it, I, for South Carolina if they're not just going to hobble into the tournament. They need they go at Ole Miss this weekend and at Texas A and M Wednesday, and I think I think they need one of those two, preferably two. And then Florida comes in. Florida's kind of I think Florida will be cooled off by then. So you win two out of the next three. I think Carolina's looking at anywhere from a five to a seven seed. Really? Um, if not, they're going to, they're going to limp in at about a 10 or 11, maybe even have to go to Dayton. But, uh, I just, I would not predict that. That's, that's not one I felt good about be nice. uh, for a while. Yeah. I would be so mad though that in that LSU game, when they threw the ball in, you knew that LSU was going to foul that they did trap together. They did tie him up, but before they tied him but up, they, they, hit him they in the fouled back. the ever living, you they know, what out of him. And didn't I mean, call it. they passed on it. And Pat Adams calls a jump ball. It cost him the game. It cost him 
I don't know what it's going to cost them, but uh, Pat Adams blows the whistle. Pat Adams, uh, got the guy. Pat, Ad- Pat the Adams is awful. Pat Adams is awful. <laughs> <laughs> what play are you talking about, Barry? So LSU uh, was down. What was it, JC? One. one. They're down one. Uh, so South Carolina's got the ball, and there's only like 10 seconds, something like that. So they're pressing. They throw it in, and they trap the guy. But they're going to foul, so they foul him. Yeah. LSU they, had they, five fouls to give. They, five fouls Yeah, they had five fouls. To, they were only at two fouls. So they foul him, but don't call it. And then they the guy does get the ball. So instead of – he passed on the foul and called a – a jump ball, and the jump ball went to LSU. LSU got the ball right down there at the very end in the last, what, 10 seconds, J.C., and scored, uh, got fouled. Well, no, they, 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 called, they called a foul on Carolina. Yeah, they called they, a foul on yeah, Carolina. Yeah, on a drive. It was, it, was and kinda, made, it, it was a foul, but, it, you know, it, it, Pat Adams blows the whistle and then decides terrible. what he's going to call. So he always, always wants to show you how smart he is. You'll never see a game with Pat Adams where he doesn't have the headphones on. <laughs> It costs no, him uh, the game. Ridiculous. It cost him the game. No, no, he, he's ridiculous. Uh, he cost him the game. He's out of the kicked I'm gonna get. I won't get Garth. What's his name? He's gonna be on our show next week. You kick his butt out. He's terrible. Yeah, so he Pat Adams is terrible. I mean, I, I think everybody can agree with that. And that, like I said, some guy that I got sits courtside every game says, when they have Pat, Pat will blow the whistle, and then think about what he's gonna call. Yeah. How do you do that? Yeah, anyway, I he, mean, I, it, it justified, but. He was doing the Mississippi State game last night, I believe. So, look, man, Carolina blew a sixteen-point lead, though. Hey, but how about LSU? <laughs> they beat the mighty Wildcats last well, night. Wildcats so. are not Wildcats. They were they were the most disorganized team I have ever. I've been watching for you were ever born, ever born. <laughs> you was a thought in your mama's mind when I watched them. They are awful. They may be good Saturday night, but last night they were awful. Well, they they, they just decide they're going to play defense and go beat Auburn like you did. They're so disorganized offense. Alabama gets to go play an angry Kentucky, so we'll see what happens on Saturday night. It's going to be interesting, man. I think South Carolina could win the SEC if they get back. If they they do win these next two and get to 11-4, and And then you got Florida coming to Columbia, Tennessee coming to Columbia, then at Mississippi State, and some other teams lose. I mean, you're getting these tiebreakers and stuff. South Carolina ain't going to win, no way. Yeah, Alabama was in trouble last night. They were in trouble last night. I promise you, you just say Wimp told you. South Carolina. Remember that. I like South Carolina. Kid that coached there and a kid that played it, they ain't winning the SEC. Boy, remember this, though. Okay, you remember remember I told you. If you're co-champions, you still get a even if even though Alabama they're not they're not even going to be a co-champion. What's South Carolina's record? (laughs) What's their league record right now? Nine and four. Who they got next? Uh, At Ole Miss Saturday, at A and M the next week. Oh, they're they're done. All right. Florida, Tennessee. Uh, put, them on the, put them on the burner. They're burned. They're they're All right, J.C., tell me about where they I hate to tell you that, J.C. Oh, sure. I already told you. Man, don't, make, don't, don't ruin my February now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this, the, this is the first February I've gotten to care about Carolina <laughs> you're, basketball. You're going to get in the tournament. You're going to uh, get in the tournament. Your coach may get coached. <laughs> you're in the tournament, but you ain't gonna be high, you're not going to be tied for the league lead. Yeah, so tell me where they y'all can find. Re- y'all got recency bias because. <laughs> I don't have no kind of feeling. I can care less. <laughs> yeah, tell everybody where they can find. Tell everybody where they can find you, JC. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, get a uh, Chief Sports app. Um, download JC Morgan. 
uh, on there. You can download the Chief Sports app. Uh, we've got a lot of good things coming up. You can get it for iOS or for Android. Uh, the J.C. Morgan podcast, we got some travel stuff on there. We've got some more Alabama and Auburn stuff coming up soon. You'll be able to do Chief Sports Alabama. It'll be uh, it'll be kind of a, a neat thing, so go ahead and get out in front of it. Download that app uh, and listen to the J.C. Morgan podcast. Thank you, J.C. Thanks, J.C. Thanks, fellas. Y'all have a great one. All right, we'll take this break. and we'll come back and wrap up the hour. Let's tide 100.9 to see home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. If you're traveling eastbound McFarland from airport to Jack Warner, expect about a nine-minute drive there along 2059 between I-359 and Skyland Boulevard, seven-minute trip, and along 359 between the 2059 interchange and 15th Street. Guarantee. Text support to 511-511. Morning kick. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Tax fees may apply. Never miss a moment of the action. Download the free Tide 100.9 app today. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. We'll take this top of the hour break. We got Joe Hood. We'll get to Joe when we get back from break. We want to thank Yellowwood, pressure-treated pine from Great Southern Wood. If it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, you don't want it. Uh, I'm looking at uh, South Carolina's record. I mean, schedule. They may lose four in a row. Uh, they got at Ole Miss, at Texas A&M, Florida at home, and Tennessee at home. And then finish up at Mississippi State. They may not win another game, uh, to be quite honest with you, with that schedule. We'll see. And JC, sorry about that. This is Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama Sports. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles, here's Eddie Garcia. In top 25 college basketball, eight ranked teams in action, and four of them lost. But we start with a battle of ranked teams. Number 13, Alabama, needing overtime to get by 24th ranked Florida, 98-93. Crimson Tide lead the SEC with an 11-2 record. As for the upsets, 12th ranked Illinois lost to Penn State, 90-89. Number 16, Dayton falls to George Mason, 71-67. Number 17, Kentucky blew a 15-point lead, loses on a buzzer beater at LSU, 75-74. And number 22, Colorado State fell at New Mexico, 68-66. Seventh ranked Marquette, no trouble defeating DePaul 105 to 71 eighth ranked Duke an easy win at Miami 84 to 55 Blue Devils are 12 and 3 tied with North Carolina for the top record in the ACC NHL Maple Leafs over the Coyotes 6 just not sure I'm pulling them off 24-7 U.S. based customer service it pays to discover limitations apply learn more at discover.com slash credit card Inside the locker room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. Andrew Kniffer, he's my Allstate insurance agent. Let him become yours. 
out at 4705 McFarland Boulevard, Suite 3 over in Northport. Give Andrew and his staff a call. You're looking for home, life, auto, whatever you need insurance-wise, his staff is ready, waiting for you. Uh, give them a call today, 205-722-9201, or go to the Andrew Conifer Facebook page. All right, get to the Andrew Conifer Hotline and get Joe into the show. Good morning, Joe. Good morning. Hey, I want to say up front, I like JC for, for a talking head, and that's his job, and I understand. I like him because he knows history, and he knows especially the South. He's real strong in that area. But everybody can't win eight or nine games, and that's his job. And, of course, he has to keep people interested. But now, Barry, it's that time of the year. You know what I'm fixing to ask you? And he brought you boy up, brought, brought up both you boys a while ago. All right, LSU is nine and a half again at Vegas this year. You've gone over the last two years, and you've lost both times. <laughs> Where are you going this time? Joe, are we going to pick football games in February? Hey, look, you're talking about them on the air. <laughs> Go ahead. It's time to do it now. You've you got to give me a day to study their schedule. Oh, look study, study, study. I mean, is hey, that look. not a factor in which the where games are played? Hey, look, we, hey, they got the, they got a, if they beat USC in Vegas the first game of the season, they should win 10 games. Who? Hey. LSU. If they beat USC in Vegas the first game of the season, they should win 10 games. But let me tell you something before you start predicting on your two boys, Freeze and Kelly, because he just told you. He threw his staffs under the bus. Both coaches did, and you even expounded upon Freeze, how ridiculous he was. Auburn is seven and a half. He just said Auburn could easily win eight or nine games. Of course they can easily win eight or nine games. But are they going to? And just think, Barry, now you're going to Vegas for the uh, for the NCAA tournament. You can go ahead and drop that money on Kelly now. He's due. So, uh, you know, you need to start studying it real hard. Because Wimp just made his prediction. Did you hear Wimp make his prediction a while ago? No. Did you listen real close? No. Well, you, didn't hear what, you didn't hear what he said about Georgia? <sighs> what did and he, he say? He had to real wimp back in. He had to. He had to reel him back in a little bit. But is anybody you know? can, can anybody compete with him? That's I mean, boy, you. he is. <laughs> you can't tell. Yeah. Uh, and and you know Kirby's got to come Texas. to Tuscaloosa and Oxford, and he's got Texas. I mean, guys, it's going to be a little different when now George and Texas will be the best two teams next year. Okay, there's his prediction right there. Wimp is a Kelly. Now, I know you got off Kelly's bus. Let me, let me, uh, Joe, I think I'm just, I just pulled up LSU's schedule. Um, I think it's a very difficult schedule. Do you? Well, where's the difficult part compared to last year? I don't see a difference. I mean, they open up, as you said, with USC. Right, right. Um, right. And then they got Nichols. They do have to go to Columbia. Uh, they got UCLA at home, South Alabama at home, Ole Miss at home, Arkansas right. on the road, who's not great, Texas A&M on the road, uh, Alabama at home, at Florida, Vandy uh, at home, Oklahoma at home. 
That's not that hard. He's got the easy schedule. He has had it his three years at LSU. Right, but you, you talk about throwing somebody under the bus. Uh, uh, LSU couldn't couldn't guard anybody in football. Shit didn't tackle anybody. Really you go, you think you're going to keep him as a head coach? You fire him on the no. bus. You put him put him on the bus no. and send him home. And we'll be hired Jenkins in the middle of the season. Well, I'm kidding. Remember that? that? They, they weren't tackling anybody. You got to get rid of those guys. Yeah. But it goes back to coaching. Throw him under the bus. I don't know. He threw him under the bus. They threw themselves under the bus. He hired him, Will. Yeah. I'm going to ask you this. Does Lane Kiffin make the playoff? Yeah. Well, you said that just like with no problem. Ole Miss is my dark horse. Oh, yeah, because he punts on fourth down. I'm just saying he has done more with less than anybody, and y'all know it. Oh, corn pone. He's the biggest crook that ever breathed. Who does he? he, he, Not crook, but he's a dummy. He cost Alabama the national championship against Ohio State because he's selfish as crap. He says all that funny stuff so everybody likes him. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and then saving cost us the ne- the next one because he's fired. No, Lane Kiffin's a joke. When, when he <laughs> uh, when he coached at Alabama, he's well, we're, a good uh, coach. I'll let you study your schedule, Wimp, and you come oh, back I and don't you know tell me. He'll, 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 if they move it to fourteen, he'll get in. He's got to go. I'm looking at this difficult game. He's got Kentucky at home. He's going to open up four and zero because he got Furman, Middle Tennessee. It does have to go to Wake and Georgia Southern. Uh, he's got Kentucky he's home. In. He's got to go to South Carolina and go to LSU. What do you got him doing there, uh, Joe? I think he'll beat LSU. You're, you're, he's in. You're right. You're right, Joe. He's got Oklahoma I, I at home. I think LSU's defense is that bad. He's got Oklahoma <laughs> at home. He's got to go to Arkansas. He's got Georgia at home. He's got to go to Florida. He's got Mississippi State. These guys got the easiest schedule. You didn't hear the word Texas on there, did you? No. Or Alabama. No, or Alabama. Right. Yeah, you're you're right, right, Joe. You studied schedule. That's the reason you made that prediction. You're trying That's to right. put me in a corner picking. Yeah. I can't oh, it's too early no. right now. You've been drinking Kelly Kool-Aid. If you're going to go with him again for 10 wins, you I deserve you like that. LSU. That's a 10-win schedule. No. Oh, I don't like LSU. That guy is so overrated. It's pitiful. <laughs> He's making the fourth most money in the country. Well, when you guys the money, money, when you they, I, they I, wanted I, to I hire him, and they and they did. The AD's eighty eight out the gate, didn't he? Hey, Wimp, I'm just like Frank Brawls. You know where I'm going. Well, I don't have to name the two. Well, let's go ahead and name the two coaches. What I'm on your show, so he lost. Second game of the season, and who was it? Vm, who was he lost to? Vmi or whoever, and he fired him right. That's that game of the season. Yeah. All right. And how did he handle Richardson? He was in Augusta, and they kept saying, "What are you going to do? I'll handle it when I get back from Augusta." He went and played golf in Augusta because he had his time. Golf more and then he, and then he fired him. But I mean. Those guys aren't around anymore is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and he had Arkansas where Arkansas has never been and never will be again. Y'all agree with that? Probably. In all sports, basketball and football, Probably. he had them where they'll never be again. They got some problems on that basketball team. Whoop. Yeah. So 
So Wimps got Georgia winning the national championship, Barry. So you're going to study and you're going to let me know. I just said get, I just said to him, can anybody in the SEC <laughs> catch him? I didn't I didn't include the Big Ten. I just said, can anybody in the SEC catch him? And I don't think they can, except maybe Texas. Yeah, we'll okay. see. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Thank you. Don't put words in my mouth. All right. Uh, we'll get to Tom Hard here. We want to thank Tuscaloosa Toyota. Go to TuscaloosaToyota.com. If you're looking for the 2024s, man, they're in. That Grand Highlander, beautiful SUV, the Tacoma trucks that get the Camrys, the uh, RAVs over there. You can do the deals right there on the website. Swing by Skyline Boulevard. Also schedule service on the website. That'll help you uh, get in and out at Tuscaloosa Toyota. Appreciate Justin, David DeSantis, those guys out there doing absolutely outstanding job. Go to TuscaloosaToyota.com. Tom Hart is next. You listen to Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama Sports. Tide 100.9 Traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. We have picked up a problem spot for those of you coming down from Northport this morning. Southbound Lurling Wallace. This is going to be at the University Boulevard interchange. Stalled vehicle that does have the center lane blocked. We are seeing a backup now to the Hugh Thomas Bridge, so it's gotten just a little bit heavy there. Not a Just minutes away at Birmingham Racecourse Casino where you can be a winner too. Birmingham Racecourse Casino off I-459 exit 31 Derby Parkway. Must be 21 or older. Road tripping, business travel, or bringing your car in for repairs. All great reasons to rent a Toyota at Tuscaloosa Toyota. You can rent the latest Toyota models for a day, a week, or a weekend. Every Toyota rental car comes with 24 hours roadside assistance and is backed by an entire team of people you know and trust. Rent a Toyota and let's go places. Reserving yours is a breeze at TuscaloosaToyota.com. Years ago, Jimmy Rain decided that the best way to advertise great service Wood was through coaches. Gene Stallings, Pat Dye, Steve Spurrier, and myself, and many more coaches took to the radio and TV airwaves to tell people that if you're building outdoors, the only way to build is with pressure-treated pine, yellow wood. It is the very, very best. Why? Because all the coaches said yellow wood, pressure-treated pine, protects against bug, termite, and weather. Decking, fencing, play sets, whatever you're wanting to build, just go to the internet, Look at Yellowwood, and you will find these coaches advertised a great product. If it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, believe you me, you don't want it. It's Yellowwood. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Increasingly cloudy today, the chance of a few scattered showers this afternoon. Very mild, the high 71. Tonight, a good chance of showers, maybe a thunderstorm in spots, the low 52. Tomorrow, a clearing sky with a high at 67. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 54 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Derry. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Back to inside like we're still trying to catch uh, Tom Hart. I don't know if Tom, I guess he was on the call last night. Uh, he was. He sent me a picture. And I was the assistant coach sitting on the front row with T.R. Dunn, a Caucasian, and two other, two or three behind me and new managers who wanted to know if I was coaching the first all-black team or something like that. 
Got the one, but what was it one minority? But one minority on the picture. <laughs> I didn't understand. I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if he drives back after that game. Does he stay uh, last night? Does he drive back uh, to Atlanta? Davis, what uh, he'll he's going somewhere else for Saturday night. So he stayed. Oh yeah, stayed in Tuscaloosa. I guess I don't know. He, he could stay with me if he wanted to. I wasn't there. No, well, he I don't know where he goes. I thought he was supposed to be on. I, I don't know how he could forget. No, uh, I don't know. Uh, he's went to us. Justin, try him again or send him a text. Maybe he'll send him a text. Justin. He'll call us. I'll uh, send him one. He'll call us back here uh, in just a minute. All right, Alabama uh, will go to Lexington, Kentucky uh, to play uh, the Kentucky Wildcats, who they had a double-digit lead uh, in that game last night and then hit a big shot to take the lead uh, with 10 seconds or so. LSU chose not to call a timeout, came down, didn't get a great shot. The guy just throws the ball back in bounds right to the guy at LSU who puts that. Just in case that call there, that may be Tom. Uh, and LSU wins the game. Uh, they rush the court, so they're going to get fined uh, for that. Uh, so, uh, But your thoughts about Alabama going to take on a Kentucky team that just gave one away last night? My thoughts are that Alabama's got uh, a chance to win uh, more so than usual. I don't know that they will. I'm not putting no pressure on them, but I think uh, I think, and I think Kentucky's disorganized on both ends of the court. They don't guard anybody. They don't know who's going to shoot the three. I know they're eight for twenty last night. Okay, that's forty percent. But uh, they got you know one guy that you guard the crap out of. I, I just think this Kentucky team is out of sorts completely. Uh, I've never seen them play like that like they did last night on both ends of the court. Now, I know they beat Auburn at Auburn. I got all that. Every game takes on its own personality. And I don't know whether the personality of of Kentucky, that Kentucky is usually very, very good. They're very hard to beat. I understand that. But they don't guard Alabama's threes and, and, and better than they normally do. Alabama's got a good – I don't know. I'm not saying they will, but they've got a good chance to win. All right, let's look real quick as we're trying to get Tom the weekend games uh, for the SEC. SEC, um, even the bad teams can play the good teams uh, tough. Uh, you got Missouri at Arkansas. Arkansas now uh, is back to 500, 13-13. Uh, Missouri 0-13. Oh uh, they, they seem to still be – playing there, but uh, not much of a game there. Vanderbilt travels to Florida. I've taught you how impressed I am with Florida. Uh, I hear people say now that Vanderbilt needs to make a change. Uh, I think they probably do. At this point, they're 2-11. and 11. Uh, I think Vanderbilt 7-19. and 19. Uh, That's a good, good job to me. Uh, you can recruit national. Uh, it's a great school. They'll support Vanderbilt. Will Vanderbilt make a change there this year? Well, I'm not going to say it to where anybody's going to fuss at me. But I think they've got people in the administrative department from the president on down who really are not sure what it takes and who to hire and what to do to make your basketball program the way Vanderbilt's basketball program has been the past years. Now, when I was coaching assistant and head coach, Vanderbilt changed changed head coaches in basketball about as fast as anybody in the league. 
And if they didn't get it done, they they were gone. And there was a lot of pressure on them. And uh, they were good. And they they took the academics and found. I mean, they worked and found academic players who could play and and and, and go to school. Um, I just think I just think in the in the main positions and in the main places that they've got people there who don't really understand deep down what it takes to win at basketball. Now, I don't know about the football part. I think it's football too. They just they just don't. I don't, I don't know whether the athletic committee is any good or not. But the main the people that are ahead of, over the athletic committee and over the AD and over the, they don't get it. Yes, we'll see. But I think Florida, um, I was very impressed with those guys last night. And I kind of laughed about their coach, but I didn't really know him. I think he does a good job uh, there. And he's obviously recruited well just his second year. uh, So Florida should be, let's say, just fall completely on their face. uh, We'll be an NCAA tournament team. All right, South Carolina, we just talked to J.C. Uh, He's talking about them winning the league uh, or tying for the league. That's not going to happen. They got a tough game uh, Saturday at Ole Miss. Ole Miss coming. Hey, Justin, catch that. Ole Miss coming off a a tough loss there. The coach was fired up, uh, got a technical. I think even Mississippi State's, they're good friends. He got himself a technical as well there at the end. But uh, do you give, who do you think wins this South Carolina? Oh, yeah, we got Tom. All right, let's get right to the. Uh, Yellowwood Hotline. I want him to give him his big introduction well, uh, and get Tom think, in. Good, Tom Hart. You think that picture of me sitting on that bench was was a good picture, Tom? That was a great picture. Great picture. You looked very focused. <laughs> well, okay. You had the game last night. Could have gone either way. Um, give our give our listeners. You know, Florida's darn good. Uh, Alabama was. You know, got a good bounce there at the end. Uh, made some threes and start the second half. Tell tell our listeners what you thought. Well, my first takeaway, um, and I know I'm on a show in Alabama, but my first takeaway is Florida's really, really, really good. Yeah. And I knew that going in. I just wasn't sure if they'd be able to slow down Alabama offensively. Yeah. Um, but they're they're very physical. You know, those guards are big. And they've got really good length. Um, and, and in addition to that, and I said this on another show yesterday, Florida's different in this day and age of modern basketball where everybody has a stretch four that wants to shoot, you know, 23-footers. They play a true power forward. I mean, Samuel is a big guy. That is a throwback position. Now, you know, I, I wasn't crazy about some of his inefficiencies. And obviously, Ooh, I wasn't either. either. Yeah, and obviously Nate said let, let that kid shoot ten and fifteen footers all night, and he yeah. made some of them. But um, that, that would probably the difference in Bama yeah. in, in Florida not scoring points, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, well, just one one quick thought on Bama. I, I thought it was a a positive outcome for a night where Mark Sears wasn't able to be the guy that we've seen. You know, his first half was really slow. He had a couple of turnovers in the second half that, that just didn't look like himself. Um, but when they needed, like a star, when they needed a couple of big buckets to try and find momentum, he hit a couple of those. You know, he hit the long two, then he hit the three uh, possession or two later. Um, and that's what that's what stars do. So for, I think for them to be able to beat, be able to beat a tough opponent, 
when he didn't have his best night, uh, I, I thought that was the positive. Well, he, but he, you know, he drove and he, he um, creates so much attention when he drives. He gets eight assists, uh, which I thought was big uh, last night, Tom, that he was able to deliver. He, he made the game easy uh, for their big guys there, especially uh, Pringle. I thought Pringle had a magnificent game. Uh, you know, I, I think he is so important to this team. The way they used him, the way they involved him, uh, you know, not so much last night, but this game from talking to the staff before the A&M game, too, is, you know, he handles the ball a lot um, at, you know, the top of the key with some of the dribble handoffs and stuff, and they rely on him to be involved in the offense, even if he doesn't get a lot of shots. Last night, he got a lot of shots, uh, and, yeah, those Florida, I mean, you guys watched it, and Florida overplayed and took away the three, and that opened up some drives and, and, and dishes to to Pringle and I thought he was uh I thought he was effective around the basket. Um you know against against teams with elite bigs, that's gonna be a little bit tougher and, and maybe they just showed the blueprint about how to how to beat Bama by taking away the three and, and making them drive um and give it up. If you have a real you know, I gosh Florida's bigs are are good too. I just don't think they're elite. You know, I, I, those those big guys played well and protected the rim well, and that was the difference on what could have been serious game winner, right? Yeah. Yep. Where where you go next? Uh, where do I go next? Um, oh, I got a barn burner Saturday. I've got to Missouri at Arkansas. Ooh, that's gonna be on TV. <laughs> yeah, they're going to wear uniforms and everything. Explain to me why teams, as the shot clock's running down, they let Mark Sears catch the ball. I have not understood why do they not get out and, and complain. I knew he would try to post you on the perimeter, but deny him all over the court. Because when he gets the ball and he gets to driving, you cannot keep him away from getting to the rim. I don't know why people don't guard him before he gets it and deny him the basketball, especially when the shot clock gets down to 12, 10 in those areas. Do you, do you ever see anybody work on that in any of the walkthroughs that you go through, uh, Tom? Honestly, not that I can. Yeah, I, yes, occasionally, occasionally. Um, but I can only remember one time last night. And this was late in the game where they, I think it was in overtime, they almost threw uh, it out of bounds. Yeah, yeah, where they they doubled him. Yeah, um, and forced him to give it up. And the, but but here's the thing: what makes Alabama so good? You run out and you you double them, and the guy that you bring to double them is leaving Estrada to come double it. You know, and and I know Estrada's not Sears, but he can hurt you too. And and then that turns into a four on three if he if he drives. Um, no, I agree with you. I, I think there's a handful of guys in this league that um, you've got to find a way to get the ball out of their hands. Um, but the coaches on the offensive end are really good, saying, "All right, we're, we're going to get it back to our guy, and then we're going to go to work from there." Explain this rule to me, Tom. Um, I get the rule. If they if they think they missed a goaltending call, obviously they call goal. They can they 
point to the table over there, and I guess they're going to check it at the first available. Is that the first available timeout? They're going to go check it. What I don't understand is if the guy goes up and blocks the ball, all right, and they don't call and they call goaltending, but he blocked it out of bounds. So when they they keep playing, you end up losing the possession. It would have been your ball. The guy missed the call, so you'd lose the two points, and you also lose the ball because play continues until the to the uh, till there's a timeout. Is that a good rule? In theory, it's a good rule, and I'll tell you why it's a good rule. Goaltending is the only play in basketball that directly impacts the score. Directly, right? The basket's either made or it's not made. You either get two or you don't. Um, block charge, done really directly. Yeah, I mean, it. sometimes you take a basket off or sometimes you go into a free throw line, uh, a reach in, you know, maybe now you're not even in the bonus. Block charge takes points off the board. Or, I'm sorry, goaltending takes points off the board. So theoretically, I like the idea that we can finally review it. My issue with it is similar to yours is it interrupts the flow of the game and it's human nature now for officials to err on the side of making the call because then you could change it. Yeah. If you don't make the call, if you don't blow your whistle and stop it, then you can't change it. Um, I, I gotta, I've got to learn a little bit about the specifics of what constitutes an immediate recovery. I made the comment last night. It was it's kind of like college football. You can have a fumble, maybe not rule it a fumble, or you do, or you don't. And you go back and look at it. If it's a clear and immediate recovery by, you know, number two, then they get the ball. But if it's not clear, if it's not immediate, or the ball just kind of rolls around for a little bit, nobody picks it up, like sometimes happens in a football game. Well, that. Well, then what's the point of reviewing the call? Because it was a fumble, but the ball was just laying there. So um, I need some clarification on that part of it. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of these things are, are good in theory. And then in practice, people find a way to either, uh, you know, couch it or take advantage of it. And, and what I've seen is that the officials are going to blow the whistle, and that's going to interrupt game flow. And, and by the way, kind of like with Sears two or three last night, which ended up being obvious that it was a two, yeah. we didn't notice it at the time. Um, you may not know what the score is for three minutes. <laughs> it's true. Uh, you know, that's weird in a close game. Um, I don't want to argue with what one of the geniuses on your show, but uh, there's seven. There's seven laws. There's seven teams that were losing records in the SEC. Um, the last time I counted, there was 14 teams. And I don't want to be negative because somebody in the bottom seven could win the, the conference tournament and get to go. I don't think they will. But are we, when we talk about nine or ten teams in the league going to NCAA, is the rest of the country that week that we got that many can go to the NCAA? Am I dead wrong on that? Um, no, you just, you just said it. The, you know, the ACC is looking at three bids. The Mountain West is looking at five. Okay. And nothing against the Mountain West. Like, I've always been a fan of Mountain West basketball, New Mexico and San Diego State. And I think there's good basketball being played out there. Okay. Uh, but none of them are elite, right? They, they've all 
their five best teams have all hovered around the bottom of the rankings and kind of swapped places. So I think it's I think it's more of a of a vacuum from the ACC, and I think uh, I think that's what you're seeing is that yeah. there are spots available because the ACC has been one that has taken eight or nine historically, yeah. and and they've lost left a lot of them on the table. So um, to your point, there may be some mediocrity in the on the back end, but gosh, there always is. You know, it, it doesn't matter who those last few nine. You know, ten seeds are that get in as at larges. They're they're generally mediocre teams. Okay. Um, how's Mark Sears not up for the Koozie Award? I mean, Mark Sears may should be up for Player of the Year. Now, I think the kid at Purdue uh, is going to get it, but uh, this guy's virtually unguardable. Uh, Tom, is he the best player in the SEC? The most important player in the SEC? I know people are going to say the guy at Tennessee, but wow, uh, Mark Sears, if they win this thing, uh, I think he should be SEC Player of the Year. I th- yeah, I, th- I think it's a great discussion between Sears and Connect. Um, I yeah. Some people have said Wade Taylor. I don't have Wade Taylor in that discussion no. anymore. He's just not, a, he just takes a lot of shots and ends up with with points, but he's not a, he's not at the same level as Sears and Connect. Um, here's my differentiator between Sears and Connect, and, and I don't want to boil it only down to points, um, but th- that's I think the easiest thing for fans to understand. You got one guy averaging a hair over twenty points, and one guy averaging a hair under twenty points. Bama scoring ninety one points a game, Tennessee scoring eighty points a game. So. Uh, the value of your 20 is, is greater with Tennessee, but even more important is connect as a guy that when they kind of like Brandon Miller was last year. Remember how Brandon Miller took over that into the South Carolina game. If Tennessee is struggling at all, they just hand the ball to him and they say, it doesn't matter who's guarding you. Go get a bucket, either, you know, whatever level you want to score at, go get it. Um, so, so I think, in a, in a very tight race, I would give the edge to to connect. But I agree with you. The fact that he's not on the koozie list, and I meant to mention that last night, uh, is a joke. And it just shows that those people aren't paying attention. I, I don't. I know there are great point guards in, in college basketball. Like, I think Houston has a great point guard. Um, but I don't think there's anybody out there that's better than Mark Sears. Certainly not a list of 12 or 20, whatever it is right now. No, I mean, especially look at. I mean, he lets the game come to him. He doesn't take a ton of shots. Uh, he's, uh, I don't know. It, it's it's kind of mind boggling to me. Uh, I want to get your. I, I thought he was great, Barry. I thought he was great. And speaking of not taking a ton of shots, the A and M game in the second half. I don't think he shot until there was probably five minutes left, maybe six. You know, he had a good first half, but then he let everybody else get involved and he distributed the ball. And the offense went on that run in the second half where they just took off like a rocket. And then finally, after everybody had their share, you know, he's like the perfect dinner host. Everybody else eats before they fill their plate. And then he went and got his. And and, and I think that's a that's a quality that I admire in a point guard. Yeah. That. Well, I can't think of anything else that's really that that critical. Anything anything uh um Anything in any other leagues that anybody that's really the, the league at Alabama, I mean, at, at the SEC is good. 
I don't know that there's any that there's any one team that's just great. I think Alabama comes the closest, probably not because it's Alabama Station, but they're hard to guard. Is anybody else that, that anybody else in the league you feel that way besides Alabama that is is going to really make a real dent in in the NCAA tournament? I would put Tennessee in that discussion because of the connect conversation that we had okay. a moment ago. Yeah, there. Rick Barnes is still a really good defensive coach, and they're they're a really good defensive team. Yeah, and their yeah. shortcomings offensively are erased by what Connect can do. You know, uh, they kind of slept walk through my game Tuesday night at Missouri, and Ooh, everybody has a bad game. Yeah, yeah, and and I just I don't think that's a reflection of them being a good or a bad team. I think that was just you know they rolled into an early start against a really bad team and took it for granted. Uh, but there was a time in the second half where they said, Dalton, go win the game for us, you know, and, and he was able to do it. And I think that's that's the type of player that you got to have in the postseason. You know, you got to have a go-to guy. And you get a, you get stuck with the 11 a.m., uh, 10 a.m. local time start in, in Boise, and, you know, your season can come to an end if you don't wake up. You can dump it into that guy because you can't be – you try to put a, a small guard on him, um, he'll go – He'll go to the mid-range or go straight to the post. You put a big on him, as Missouri tried, and he'll drive from the wing and get all the way to the rim. Um, or he'll just stand out there and shoot 23-footers. So he's good enough to carry them in the postseason. Auburn, I'm worried about their guard play. Uh, I think Jani Broom is really good. Uh, I was at their Kentucky game just as a fan on, on Saturday, and Kentucky finally played defense. Kentucky just has too many lapses defensively to be taken seriously. Offensively, they could, you know, if if Kentucky was playing the same style that they played in the NBA All-Star game, they could win the title. But people do play defense, and you're required to play some defense. And uh, even though they've made really big changes defensively, and it was evident against Auburn, you know, they, they haven't really doubled the post all season. But after Broom scored his first bucket on a little turnaround bank shot, they brought the baseline double from the opposite block, and they, they brought him on the low side, and it was either Thierro coming over to double or Onyenso coming over with the block shot. Um, they hadn't run that all year. So there is improvement on the defensive end for Kentucky. But I think the, the youth and the inability to stay focused throughout an entire game like that was evident last night against LSU. They just uh, they just lost their focus and allowed LSU to go on a run and catch back up, and and you can't do that. Yeah. No. Uh, lastly, Tom, uh, obviously a sensitive subject uh, with Eli Gold. Uh, you know, he's uh, obviously uh, he is Alabama football as, as far as I, I'm concerned. But uh, there's never the right time, an easy way to do this. I don't know if they tried to ease it last year by let, just letting him do the home games, but uh, he was pretty much went on radios yesterday saying it was not his choice uh, to leave. You hate to see things in that way. I know you're in the broadcasting business. Just wanted to uh, get your thoughts about Eli Gold. I, I had a boss tell me one time and, and my jaw was on the floor, but he he made a move and promoted me to a spot and, and demoted another guy. And uh, I obviously was thankful and appreciative. Now, I thought I'd earned it, right? I mean, I, he wasn't just giving it to me. Sure. I, I had earned it. I thought I was better than the other guy. But um, 
when he called and told me, I was I was very thankful, and I told him that. And and he goes, "Hey, you don't have to thank me. It was the right move. And just remember, sometime I'm going to do the same thing to you." Yeah. And and his point was, it was a, a stark way to say it, but his point was that you know, father time comes for everybody, yeah. and and there will be somebody better. Um, I think. You know, 35 years of loyalty on both sides was a, was an incredible run, and Eli will forever be remembered as, you know, the voice of this Saban era and this incredible run of Alabama football. And I thought also know that Chris is, is going to be wonderful in that position. Um, and it's not my job to tell Eli how he should or shouldn't react or sure. how he should feel. I totally get the frustration. Um, I, I think the difference is that the grace goes a long way on both sides and you don't want to throw away 35 years because you're upset in the moment. Yeah. And, and it'd be wonderful to see him still be involved and celebrated and put on the pedestal that he has earned. And, uh, it, sometimes you risk that by sharing your true feelings as opposed to biting your tongue and taking the high road. But, I, but Chris is going to be magnificent. Yeah, very well said. Well, I think you're good. I think I want to keep you. <laughs> All right. Uh, can you get Yellowwood to pay me if I run in? Yeah, well, I'll get Yellowwood to get you. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just like uh, Dave Odom's agent said, hey, when you're signing that new contract, Sign it like they're going to fire you because they eventually are. And you, everybody's all happy right now. But at the end, they're going to fire you and make sure you're taken care of. And that's, that's basically right. what you just said. So thank you, Tom. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. All right, boys. Thanks. Thank you. Call me. All right, there's Tom Hart. I was talking about uh, Bryant Bank, our great uh, new sponsor. Well, I'm certainly happy to do so. Four locations in Tuscaloosa and Bryant Bank. When you walk into Bryant Bank, uh, they'll get to know you if they don't know you already, and you will be walking into a bank that has a banker. And I think that's darn important uh, around the clock. Uh, uh, they do a great job of you, if you need to to bank around the clock, you can do so online, what I should have said, with freedom and flexibility, and um, they will do everything they possibly can to be darn sure that you are you are local with them, and they are your local bank, and to me, that's darn important. Um, the sad truth about, you know, a lot of small businesses are, are targeted by fraud attempts every day. Uh, we have a day and age that all that, that occurs all the time. But Bryant Bank uh, covers everything, any kind of problem that you may have, and they're very, very smart, smart people, and they know the banking business. They're located in Tuscaloosa for a lot of our listeners, but they're also um, numerous of them in, in Birmingham and Columbia Island, down on Gulf Shores. So Bryant Bank are the people that can, can do a great job for you. When you walk in, they're going to know your name. They're going to they're try to help you. And they're going to do everything that you want done uh, with with your money and um, with your ability to uh, work with them on a daily basis. Bright Bank, the very, very best. Hunter Johnson as they talk Tide basketball. Don't miss the Crimson Tide basketball pregame show brought to you by Pritchett Moore Insurance, Tuscaloosa's best choice for business and personal insurance for 90 years. 
road tripping, business travel, or bringing your car in for repairs. All great reasons to rent a Toyota at Tuscaloosa Toyota. You can rent the latest Toyota models for a day, a week, or a weekend. Every Toyota rental car comes with 24 hours roadside assistance. Or text DEAL to 511-511. Text DEAL to 511-511. All pets are unique. Your pet's results can and will vary. Message and data rates may apply. Studies available upon request. Years ago, Jimmy Rain decided that the best way to advertise great Southernwood was through coaches. Gene Stallings, Pat Dye, Steve Spurrier, myself, and many more coaches took to the radio and TV airwaves to tell people that if you're building outdoors, the only way to build is with pressure-treated pine, yellow wood. It is the very, very best. Why? Because all the coaches said yellow wood, pressure-treated pine, protects against bug, termite, and weather. Decking, fencing, play sets, whatever you're wanting to build, just go to the Internet, look at yellow wood. If it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, believe you me, you don't want it. It's Yellowwood. This report is sponsored by AutoZone. Get in the zone. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. They want to make life easy for you. Get all the cleaning put together. Give dial this number, 205-391-0034. They'll come right to you. Pick up all the cleaning. Get it cleaned up. Deliver it right back. If you want to drop off, you drop off today. Pick up tomorrow. You go to University Boulevard, Bridge Avenue in Northport, or 4851 Rice Mine Road, uh, right up there by the Publix, uh, right up there as you're going out to North River. But all your cleaning needs, only one choice in this community, and that is Royal. Give them a call, 205-391-0034. All right, uh, Alabama uh, goes off an emotional uh, game last night. We'll see if Reitzel, he had a head injury, I guess, in Monday's practice, so they decided to hold him out. Uh, I think he's the highest three-point shooter percentage-wise in the SEC. So they obviously would need him uh, going to Kentucky. Kentucky coming off uh, two straight road games where they won, and then they obviously drop an emotional game last night. So both teams, uh, you know, Alabama will be, uh, I don't know, maybe drained uh, going there. Kentucky's at home. Uh, just just your thoughts about the mindset of both teams going into this game Saturday night. Well, the Kentucky got a disgusted fan base. Uh, not that they're not going to pull for the cats and, and have give you a home field, home court advantage, but you've got this this anything that goes wrong early, they you know they're not going to be standing up and cheering like they usually do. If it goes bad early, you, they all sit back and say, "Well, not sit back," but they don't. It's not as good, so. I don't know what they do to straighten the things out. I, I, I'm uh, I'm confused about what they're trying to do offensively and and defensively. They're they're not what they they need to be to win. I think Alabama's uh, uh, gotten better in the spots and inside a little bit. Uh, certainly rebounding wise, it's still hard to, to defend. But Kentucky is shooting so many threes now. I don't know how I don't know how much Kentucky's going to take it inside and hurt Alabama. I don't know if they will that much. I just don't think they will. They're on the they're on the break and they're shooting it fast. They're shooting it quick without much organization. 
uh, in that game against uh, in the game last night, and you know they were they were good against Auburn. So each game takes on its own personality. I think I think Alabama uh, is is playing darn good. They've got you know they got they're hard to guard. They've got a lot of good shooters. Sears is impossible. Uh, big guys inside have gotten better. Um, I think Alabama, well, trying to say they're going to win because I don't know. It's hard to go up there and win, but I think they've got a reasonable chance to go up there and play well and have a chance to win. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, it should be it's always exciting to go to Lexington, Kentucky. It's just a different feel. Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't been up there in a while, but uh, different feel when you come out. Just uh, uh, the fans there seem to really uh, – you know, know the game of basketball. It's just uh, the tradition and all in there. It's, it's always a fun place to go play uh, and coach. All right, we'll take. That, yeah, go ahead. Them, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. So the teams that, that you know, the team that's in, in contention with Alabama. Um, when you look at their schedule, they go to South Carolina, that's Tennessee. Uh, that doesn't mean that that, that South Carolina's going to beat them again, but they could. And then they have they have Tennessee and Auburn both at home. Three games right there that you know the Booger Bear games. So Kentucky's got uh, played their way out of winning anything, uh, and South Carolina has too. It's down to a Tennessee. It's down to a Tennessee Alabama deal, and, and of course the, the big favorite Tennessee's already the worst Tennessee's got with Alabama's a split. But uh, and I don't I don't think that Tennessee can come into Alabama and win. But uh, Tennessee's got, you know, they, they better play. They didn't play against Missouri at all. And Alabama's, as I've already noted, has, you know, has Ole Miss, Kentucky, and uh, on, on the road along with Florida again. And, you know, everybody says, oh, Florida will be hard to beat. They will be, but it'll be a different game, a different atmosphere. Other guy, the guards back, it'll, it'll all turn out differently. It doesn't mean you're going to win, but, you know, the personality of that team or that game will Will change. So. Yeah, uh, I, you know, it could come down. Uh, Tennessee's got A and M and Auburn at home, uh, and then they travel here and they travel to South Carolina. Finish up with Kentucky. Uh, I think Reese Davis is laying out hints that game day oh, yeah. is going to be here uh, for the Alabama game next Saturday. So it'd be something to look forward to. So it should be a big. Game. It's a night game, seven o'clock. So should be a tough ticket uh, for that particular game. All right, we take this last break and we'll wrap up the show. This is tied one hundred point nine to twelve thirty a.m. WTBC is the home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. The stalled vehicle we had for a while this morning, southbound Lurling Wallace at University Boulevard has been cleared from the roadway. Center lane there is back open. Looks like we're still seeing a little back up there, so be aware of that one. But for the most part, we seem to be winding down well. Options fast. Clean Eats is now open downtown with a full-service lunch and dinner cafe, coffee and smoothie bar, healthy meal prep, and grab-and-goes. Clean Eats on University across from the Federal Courthouse. Clean E-A-T-Z. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Increasingly cloudy today, the chance of a few scattered showers this afternoon. Very mild, the high 71. Tonight, a good chance of showers, maybe a thunderstorm in spots, the low 52. Tomorrow, a clearing sky with a high at 67. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 56 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Two-time state champion and two-time NIT champion, Barry Sanders. Anderson breaks down the latest in sports on Inside the Locker Room on Tide 100.9. 
back to Inside Locker Room. Got one app message here uh, from Tooth Carver, whoever that is. Uh, I believe Coach Oates has taken over the ugliest sport coat rankings. He had on a yellow, kind of a mustard-colored coat last night. He said his daughter didn't like it. He liked it. He said, sorry, Coach Wimp, or did he get in your closet? That's, I don't remember you ever wearing a mustard-colored plaid coat. Did you have, do you have um, a yellow coat? He, gets, he, gets, he, he buys expensive stuff. <laughs> the, ain't got nothing to do with the color. Uh, I guess Tom Hart. Tom Hart have on a plaid coat last night as well. Uh, somebody no, said I didn't you. pay attention to that. Really. Yeah, I didn't ask him about that. All right, well, that's it for today's show. We'll come back tomorrow and wrap up the week. We'll have Coach Sonny Smith on. We'll look more in depth at the Kentucky game and the SEC race. I think it's down to a two-team race now with Tennessee and Alabama. Uh, that game next Saturday could be for the – uh, for the SEC title, to be quite honest with you, because uh, Tennessee would own the tiebreaker if they were to come in here uh, and win. But a great win last night for Alabama. Great crowd, uh, great home court advantage. Uh, I think there was more than 11,000 in there, it seemed like to me. Gary Harris Show is next, so keep it locked in. You're listening to Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama sports. Have a great day, everybody.